Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGinnis. If you want to land more meetings with your ideal clients, then you're in the right place. Today, we are talking about selling to different personalities. What do we need to consider and what should we do so that we have a deeper impact or a deeper relationship with our clients? We all know that all things being equal, people like to work with people who are more like themselves and that the spoken word only makes up a very small part of the way that we absorb communication. Of course, there's things like body language, tone, pace, pitch, etc. all have a really big impact on the way we perceive that communication coming to the way we process it. Also, people's personalities also play a massive part in the way that they perceive or process our communication. Now, to be fair, this is something I've found very difficult to adopt in my personal selling style. So, I was really looking forward to hearing from the expert here, Jamie Martin. He shares with us some great ideas and what to look out for and what we can do to be better at selling to different personalities. Before we jump into this episode, let me give you something for free just for listening. If you want to get access to some sales skills or sales tactics for free, that's 100% okay. All you need to do is jump across to my LinkedIn profile. And if we're not connected, then by all means, let's connect. Um, And you'll see right there on my featured section, there's always some great things absolutely free for you to grab and put to work straight away. It could be any kind of free training, an infographic, a download, a video, whatever. If you want something more often, okay, then your best bet is to subscribe to my fortnightly newsletter where I share the best sales strategies I found during that two-week period. I don't spam you. It's just one email a fortnight, nothing more. Currently have over a thousand sales professionals getting that as of today. So feel free to join them and me. Uh, to gain access to that newsletter, all you need to do is go to www.markmc.co. Now let's jump into the show with Jamie Martin. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. Today we are joined by Jamie Martin, all the way from Swindon in the UK. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Mark, delighted to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure. So, Jamie, you're a modern B2B sales coach with Correct Careers Coaching. You're also a podcast host, so your audio will be awesome all through the episode, I'm sure. As well, it looks like you've got a really strong history of sales and sales leadership through your professional career. Can you talk us through your recent sales history and and what you're up to at Careers Coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've really had an interesting sales background, which I thoroughly enjoyed to be able to lead me what I do in my own business today. I think I'm going to start by saying, you know, I, I completed university with a psychology degree and then a business psychology postgraduate certificate. And that really helped me in understanding individual differences. We touched on psychology in the workplace, psychometrics. And it's all about, you know, understanding personalities and, and building relations throughout the business world and the social world. So I thoroughly enjoyed my academic background. And during that time, I had now over about 10 years 
in sales experience. So I've done everything from telemarketing for uh, you know telecommunications. Uh, I've done door knocking sales. I've done media sales, and I've done a, a, a my career a, a successful career in recruitment. And there is, you know, some people would say recruitment is one of the hardest sales roles. I don't know, would you agree with that, Mark? Or? <laughs> yeah, I have some recruitment-based clients currently, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough gig. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that's because, you know, it's not a product or you are selling a service, but you are dealing with people and it is about, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're an intermediate between the interim, between the, you know, parties, you know, the, the candidate and the client. And you come up with situations that you can never be exposed to. So there isn't necessarily a rule book or a handbook for selling. So you have to really be innovative. You have to be unique and memorable. Um, and that is, you know, a, a challenge within the recruitment industry. Also, it's very competitive. But I had a fantastic career there. I worked for one of the UK leading and global recruitment agencies. I've been promoted five times, won awards, uh, broke records, recruited internationally, all levels of personnel, to C-level individuals. Um, and the list goes on. And, you know, I talk about it because it wasn't, you know, all, all successful. There were certainly the, the, you know, challenges within my role. But you build character and you, you learn how to develop different ways of selling, especially business to business and relationship building. And also, you know, within, within my role there, I, I manage a team. So it was helping them to sell better. So that was really my background. And I probably would have stayed in recruitment for a long time. I feel it's like in your blood. But I decided that I wanted to go and set up my own business. Uh, after a, a nice career break, I set up direct careers coaching. And the, the aim of the, of the business model at the beginning really was to focus on three different pillars of employee retention. I looked at employee turnover for so long, <laughs> and I wanted to look at retention strategies. And I felt that sales, uh, customer service, sales strategy was one element, career coaching was the other element, and employee engagement and retention strategies was the overall model. So that's what I've been building on, and I you know, work in collaboration with others as well to achieve that goal. As the business has been developing, I found that, you know, all different types of markets, so I've worked with over 28 different industry sectors, up to 106 million plus turnover businesses on a global platform now, you know, they really feel that sales needs to be embraced, especially social selling due to the digital world being more buoyant than ever, but also revisiting sort of, you know, basic selling strategies because the world has changed. And I think what's happened is, you know, because we have now a technology, AI, a digital platform out there, are salespeople losing relationships with people? Which brings us on to what we're going to be, you know, discussing today about, you know, it's, it's a very competitive market. So how do we build personalities with our prospects to then win the business? You know, and if you look at uh, data, there's a term called science-based selling. It looks at the customer buying journey. So from neuro-linguistic programming, social psychology, business economics. It looks at what the customer experiences, like basically the, the science of selling. And we really need to sort of understand that during the, the buying experience, because there's a, a famous quote by Tony Robbins, people who are like each other tend to like each other. And I, I think that is absolutely you know, fantastic, you know, because it's about that renowned no like and trust term. So that's where I'm at today, Mark. It's about helping the businesses look at, okay, so what sort of uh, sales cadence, the sequence of actions, what such touch points do you have? Are they personalized? How are you approaching your prospects? And most importantly, you know, what research and sort of uh, structure do you have and, and, and technology do you have before you actually, you know, engage and build rapport with someone because of the competition out there? If you lose the emotional buy-in with a prospect during the journey, they may go to a competitor. So you really got to look at each stage of the sales strategy and process to make sure you focus on the customer. 
Great intro. Yeah. So look, first of all, I've got to say I'm jealous because I, if I went to university and I straight out of school, I would have done a, a psychology degree as well, knowing what I now know. Like I think as a, a sales trainer and somebody that's interested in trying to help people make transactions, that's the degree that we should have done. You know, not economics, not marketing. So well done on, on picking that up, whether that was by design or by good luck. I have to come clean. I've been selling for a long time and I've been training people for a long time. But well before that, as a salesperson, some of the first training sessions that I was given, people were talking about you have to sell to different different personalities in a different way. And it's been something I really just haven't been able to get very comfortable with over a long period of time. So I'm really looking forward to what you, you're able to share with us today because I think it's a gap in my personal skills is being able to adapt to sell to different people. I would think that I've got a high EQ, but I think everyone says that much, much like this. They say that I'm an above average car driver, you know, like <laughs> something like this. Something, something like seventy eight percent of people think they're they, you know, they're about, they're a above average car driver, which is, doesn't make sense. And I think people use the same thing for EI or EQ. You know, I'm, I'm you know emotionally have a high EQ. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. So, what are some of the things that, that we need to know? Like, where do we start here in relation to, to selling to different personalities? Yeah, I think that there's certainly a couple of integral areas within this topic. The first thing I would say is is about communication and your your correspondence with a potential prospect. Now, you know, we all learn uh, differently. We all think differently. Uh, we all emotionally react differently. There's research out there about the decision making process. We base that on ninety percent emotions rather than ten percent cognitive. And the reasons for that is because we we need to be able to feel there's a rapport with someone and that's where personality comes into it. You know, realistically, no one likes being sold to. And even if you are looking to buy a certain service or product, you know, you don't want to feel pushed into that decision. You want to feel as a customer, you are in control. So it is like neuroscience. It's really all about your, your feelings and your emotions. When I talk about communication, you know, some people prefer to communicate more visually. So that could be over video platforms. It could be images and graphics. Some people prefer to have auditory. So listening to podcasts. So everybody listen to the, check out the boss podcast and recommend it. And others prefer to, you know, touch. So the aesthetic, you know, it just depends on your own sort of style of learning new information. Because our attention span is is very short. Our working memory, you know, isn't very long. I believe, you know, in, in sort of the, the marketing sense, we only have an average of about eight seconds of attention span, which is one second lower than a goldfish. Just, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's different research online about that, but it's actually quite surprising. So whether you're prospecting someone, whether it's by social media copy, social media marketing, email copy, audio, you can, you know, send audio messages on LinkedIn. You know, really the first kind of, you know, introduction section of that is the impact. That's going to have to the prospect and adhere to their communication style effectively, or they haven't gained enough kind of interest, then they may, you know, not want to, you know, continue on with you during the buyer journey. So the first sort of advice I would give, you know, it can be difficult, especially if you're, you know, researching someone on LinkedIn or you've got a, a list on a CRM system and then you're prospecting someone by telephone or, or email. You know, how can you work out what is the preferred method of communication style? So that can be quite challenging. So I would say uh, a bit of research at the beginning. If you see someone very uh, one of your prospects very active on LinkedIn and they're posting videos, uh, they may be doing blogging, they may be doing you know high high volume of graphics in their posts. Then their their preferred method may be visual. So it, it might make sense to alter your approach to that prospect to say, okay, why don't I tailor a personalized video message and send that to them, you know, in a private message or in a direct message. And that may really get their attention because you, you kind of work out, you know, that that's maybe how they like to communicate. Again, if you if you're doing a bit more research and you look at some of their copy on their LinkedIn profile, 
and they're heavily, you know, I don't know, academic based, or you can see by the way they write in that they, they may be an introvert. Um, and they made like, you know, written communication. So that means that you need to tailor your emails, your direct messaging on social media to make it very detailed. You know, maybe they, they like that style of communication. So there's a couple of tips uh, and techniques I would use initially. So Jamie, just what would that look like? So the example you gave there, the video thing's really easy, right? So I, I get that. Okay, if people are posting videos and they're, and they're using a lot of visual stuff, you can go, okay, I should communicate to Jamie in a video or a stronger level of video or a stronger level of visual outreach. What about the other styles? Like, how do I know that someone's an introvert by what they're posting, typing, blogging about? Can I tell by the way they've written an email? Is that possible? I know there's a couple of questions there. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably AI out there, you know, or will be made to work that out. I couldn't honestly give the answer to that, but there is actually a really good website. It's an integration to LinkedIn. It's called Crystal Nose, and that's Crystal K-N-O-W-S, if you help to put that in the show notes. I would suggest people have a look on that. You can you have a, have a, a free trial on it. And that actually builds like a, a bit of a behavioral profile against some LinkedIn profiles. So you can kind of see their likes, some dislikes, some of their characteristics and attributes maybe. And then you can actually work out you know, from some of that information, okay, should I approach them more? Um, maybe they may be more of an introvert. Should I approach them more you know, in, in a written sort of style? Or they may be extrovert, not that introverts and extroverts are in a box and they, they will use either either style of video and or audio. But again, um, they might be an ambivert, so they might be a mixture of both. So the best kind of solution I would give you is if someone hasn't responded to your initial approach to them, try a different touch point and see if that resonates with them. You can then record this data and work out actually they've responded more to maybe a WhatsApp message. I remember doing some of my business-to-business uh, -business prospecting. They wouldn't reply to me by email or telephone, so I did WhatsApp, and I was getting WhatsApp replies. So it's just using your innovation approach and working out what is best for them. And then when you become a bit more, build a bit more rapport with them, you can then ask them, do you know what? What is your preferred method of communication? Even to the fact of, I know when some clients check their emails or will answer the phone. If I was going to you know, approach one of my clients that hasn't come back to me, I know Wednesday afternoon, probably about... 334, I can get hold of them on the telephone. So I make sure that's the first call I make. And, you know, telephone, I don't think, you know, instead, I think, you know, video conferencing is really big at the moment. Not everyone wants to jump on video conferencing, especially if you're an introvert, it's taken a lot of your energy. So you might actually want to get on the phone and you might be a bit more to audio communication style. So again, if you can ask appropriately to your prospect, what is your preferred method of communication? When is your preferred correspondence day and time? And make sure you adhere to this. You've already built a really strong rapport with that personality of that prospect, which is going to help you against your competitors during the pitching and buying journey. Really interesting. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? Well, what's worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved. And so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land an odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email. But is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash pow.
do you think if I'm running a training session, I'm just using my examples here, right? And let's say, you know, there's 10 people on the, the training program and there's one or two people that constantly have their camera turned off, for example. Would it be likely for me to assume that like less visual focused or is that too big of a bow to draw because they're going to see, they'll be seeing the visual from me anyway? You, do, do you know what I mean? So they're getting the video. If they're more visually stimulated or whatever the correct term for that is, are they likely to go, I want to project my video because that's how my personality comes across or are they just going to be, okay, Mark's got his video on and that's going to fit my, the way that I consume content. Does it, like, can you assume that if they've got their video turned off, they're likely to consistently, they're more likely to be an introvert? Well, yeah, it would be hard to assume. It, and, and the answer to that question would be based, based on the context of the information. But to be honest, in that situation, Mark, I would ask them, you know, is there a reason why you don't have your video on? Is, is there a better communication style we can have with one another? Maybe it might be a personalized session by telephone. And it could be because they might not feel comfortable having the video on. It might be they are distracted by video. Some of my training sessions, especially when I teach my sales psychology program, which is, you know, uniquely to what I do based on a lot, you know, some of the things we're talking about, I would say we're going to turn the video off because I just want to speak audio because I want you to write down because obviously, you know, by doing things, you actually learn more, process information more because I find video distracting. If they're constantly looking at me or worrying about themselves on the camera, they're not focusing their attention on what they should be doing. Again, you know, some people on video, the other flip side of that is they may turn their video off because they may be losing attention elsewhere and they may be doing other things on their, their, their laptop or their phone at the time. So it depends on the situation, but engaging wise, I would ask them. And just to touch point on that, you know, 93% of our communication is actually nonverbal. So body language and tone and pitch and voice, 7% is verbal, you know, what we actually say. If you're having, a, say, a training session or a pitch meeting with someone at a video conference and they switch their camera off, you cannot read their body language effectively. So that's 55% that of, of communication that you aren't aware of. And you need to be aware of certain communication, whether they've got good eye contact, are they touching their hair, or are they looking like away from the camera? That means they may be not engaged. So you then need to bring them back into the conversation by asking them open questions or getting them to actually do some you know, actions on the video conferencing or, or on the internet because you want to get their attention to articulate what you're saying to them at that time, whether it's a sales pitch or not. But I hope that kind of, you know, elaborated on some of those points there, Mark. Okay. No, no, that's good. That's good. I'm just trying to get my uh, head around this. So what does that mean for the way that we reach out to people? So, you know, one of the things I like to do is build out a deliberate cadence for a particular persona, you know, so let's say HR or marketing, head of marketing, for example. We might build out a cadence for that particular industry. Does that mean we need to change the cadence to match people's personality as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I know this might seem like a you know a mountain to climb because especially it does. You know, it seems like a lot of extra work. It, yeah, it does. And you know, it might be that you look at certain technology and AI to be able to do this. It might be that you have certain uh, sales teams or sales reps within the business to focus on this area, looking at the research stage. But if I'm honest, we're not looking at the kind of spray and pray kind of approach it is about quality versus quantity and you'll hear this term now more than ever you know in this sort of digital age that we don't want to work with a bad customer and a bad customer means someone that probably you're not building strong rapport with someone that you know is just not uh, understanding your communication style maybe you don't understand their and their personality so it might be that you bring it back you reset yourself and go back to the beginning focus on who your ideal customer profile is so your icp and look at, you know, um, okay, so how can I personalize the cadence and the touchpoint sequence to resonate with that? 
Because if I do this effectively, then I'm going to spend less time in the actual sales conversion stage and the whole buying experience of the customer, which means that overall, within the appropriate time frame, I'll actually be making more revenue anyway. So, you know, I mean, there are psychometrics out there. You've got various ones. There's DISC, you mentioned. The Gallup survey is quite good. There was a statistic that says data-driven organizations are 23 times more likely to acquire new customers. So it does show that advanced analytics does work. But when you talk about other personality and psychometrics, such as IMA, that's a, that's a color one, and various others, there's one in organizations called Miro as well. You know, it's good to work out maybe what you and your team are, but you couldn't possibly work out what your prospect was. So you do have to kind of use your kind of own initiative to be able to work that out. And I think probably an omni-channel approach would actually work with that. What customer experience are you giving your prospect? You know, have, if they haven't responded to you on LinkedIn, uh, maybe on Twitter, they have, you know, responded to you. Or it might be that it might be on, on um, instant messaging or, you know, WhatsApp or, or Slack. Or it might be just by telephone, you know, even to the fact of that, you know, they might not have seen your email. So why don't you just book a calendar invite in their diaries? You know, there's so many other different ways of approaching someone and building that relationship. Once you've worked that out, you can then personalize your sequence. You can't say that, like, say, we'll talk about HR, that, you know, all HR individuals are the same. That is, that wouldn't be appropriate. But you could, based on, you know, looking at what works, what, at what touch point in your cadence sequence did you convert that prospect? And it might be that you tried out again with someone very similar, like-minded individual or business to that prospect you convert into a customer. You know, don't reinvent the wheel here. Look at what's working. And then if it didn't work, look at what's not working and change it. And, you know, sometimes I've got business from personalized uh, writing letters because you've actually taken the time, you've written the letter, you personalize it, you send that to a client with maybe one of your branded products. And they really appreciated that personalized approach because it resonated more with them, maybe because they were like, you know, like you said, more of a aesthetic individual. They, they like the product I get and they put that on their desk. So anyway, so there's, there's various different ways of altering your strategy and your process to personalize it. It's not going to come overnight. You need to look at data over time, over a variety of customers. But what I'm saying is when you get that right or a good strategy and process, you, the conversion rates will be higher and effectively save you more time with having not having to do all these quantity of cold calling or these video conferences, which sometimes don't lead on to anywhere. Yeah. And I can say this comfortably because you're in the UK and not the US, but I get frustrated with a lot of sales trainers and sales experts who have got some great content. I just want to say that, but because they're based in the US, they are very phone orientated, you know, and I know, you know, in your area and in my area, you know, like people still use the phone, but they're not at the same level as what the US does. So, you know, there's geographical or cultural challenges around the way that people communicate as well. So, in a lot of cases, particularly with some of these technology tools, you know, sales enablement tools, they come preloaded with cadences that are very, very heavy on telephone. And I think we're setting ourselves up if we don't think about that. And I know this is slightly different geographical culturalism, uh, geographical communication, cultural differences versus personalities, but it's the same approach. You know, we need to change it to fit the people that we're trying to reach out to. Absolutely. I mean, there is a, a not a universal language I feel within so, some of my clients, they, within companies and especially global locations, they don't have the kind of same sales communication and sales approach because they, they do it differently. I think if we can get a consensus together um, and approach your target market, then it, it should be a lot easier to convert. Is one of the shortcuts, and look, Jamie, you don't have to say yes if it's really a no. You don't have to agree with me, right? So, but is, is one of the shortcuts here, if we had a cadence that was reaching out over a couple of different channels versus, you know, in a couple of different ways, so maybe, you know, text, audio, video, as an example, direct mail, they're probably unlikely to respond to direct mail. 
but, you know, they reply via telephone or text message, for example. Is it fair to assume that that's their preferred one? Like if we reach out across four different styles of outreach and then they respond to the video, for example, is it okay for us to go, okay, they like the video as, as a response or is that just dumb luck or is it not that simple? Well, I mean, <laughs> I would certainly probably use that as the next touch point you have with them. But like I said, once you've kind of engaged in conversation and you've built your rapport, you can talk about it openly. What's the harm in saying, is it okay to follow up with another video message in our, in our next proposal meeting? Or would you prefer a different method of communication? You know, obviously, if someone has been approached by a several different sort of communication channels, then yes, they, they may feel that they, they will come back to you at that stage. But it might be that you are, you, you, I, I will agree that that is the, the communication they've come back to you on. So yeah, it would make sense to repeat that. Um, I will, will say another point, you know, we, uh, we talk about personality styles. So there's a Myers-Briggs, like a, a psychology test. And I know that, you know, what, what I am, I'm sure you may know what you are. You know, again, when looking at organizations internally, especially sales teams, play to their strengths. If you have more of a, like I'm an INFJ type, if you have someone who's a bit more, you know, better at communication that may be written or copy-based, then get them to play to their strengths and have another sales team who prefer to jump on the camera or prefer to do audio recordings and, and maybe restructure your sales team based on their strengths and then resonate that and link that to the prospects you are approaching. And, you know, you will see that the difference in, in, in communication and building synergy with one another. Okay, fantastic. That's a good tip. So what do you think the biggest challenge is? For, like, what, What's the biggest mistake that people make in your experience when it comes to this? Well, definitely assuming, you know, it, everybody's different. And even if uh, the one, say, for example, one touch point they come back to on, it might not necessarily be exactly the same again. It's, it's about not trying different approaches, you know, like so someone hasn't accepted you on, on LinkedIn. So you, you don't go and try and approach them via uh, telephone or email or, or, or on Twitter, for example. You know, there were the, I could give you a, another tip on how this works. So someone I, I tried to connect with someone on LinkedIn, one of my prospects, they didn't connect back with me. They didn't know me. So I followed them. And then I, I, I liked and, you know, supported some of their content, built uh, an emotional connection with them. I withdrew my request. And then a few weeks later on, I uh, re requested to connect with them again. And then they reconnected me. So it just goes to show that maybe it was that they, they needed to get to know me more personally. We needed to, a bit a bit of a relationship about with each other, or at least be aware of who I am and what I do but before someone decides to work with you. So I think the challenges are not trying different techniques, not being aware of different communication styles of your customer, being innovative with your touch points. You know, when you say send a video message, it might be that you you research their website, uh, their, their LinkedIn profile, and you really customize your uh, video message based on them. It is about the customer. And as soon as they see you've gone through that effort, that passion, uh, that interest to work with them, you are really now connecting emotionally with the, with the customer and their type of communication style. And that's going to help you during the buying journey with them. And when we've figured this out, what's the best way for us to communicate? Should we just mirror what they're, you know, so if, I, if you send me an email and you're saying, Mark, I feel like we should be doing this, you know, invested a lot of my time, you know, like, so it's a bit emotional. So should I then try and reply back in an emotional, you know, mirror that same level of, of, of emotion and that feels like, and use the word feel, that sort of thing, or if someone says, you know, I've been looking at this and looking at that and their, their language has a lot of visual components in it that we should respond the same way. Is it as simple as, as trying to do that, be adaptive to do that? Like not, not in a way where, you know, you're taking the mickey out of somebody, but, you know, just trying to be present your side of the conversation in a way that's going to be more receptive to that, somebody that's, that's demonstrating that. Is it as simple as that or is it a bit more difficult? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Mark. Great points there. I mean, the first thing is you, you've got to be yourself. So play to your strengths because, again, we talk about, you know, who is your ideal customer. You want someone who's has similar traits and characteristics and personality to you because, you know, that's going to play to your strengths. But, you know, if you're an introvert, your target market might be, you know, so it, it depends on the, on, the, on the context. But I will say mirroring does still work. You know, you're not going to you're not going to change who you are. You have to be real because the client will know who you are over time and you can't not be yourself. But I, I do agree that you should adapt your uh, approach to mirror some elements of the customer. So um, if they are, say, for example, in text uh, or written communication using emojis, it might be that you you also use that as well because it resonates with them. But that, that also might be part of your communication style. But you don't know this until you've experienced some level of correspondence with the client. But I do think in building rapport, you know, your prospects will become your future clients, your business friends. And the more you can understand them, what their likes and dislikes are, how they uh, like to communicate, adapt your approach to, you know, resonate with them, you will see a very strong synergy being built. And to the fact of like, I gave you some, you know, examples earlier, you know, I know when individuals and now people are coming back to me, you know, at those days and times over that level of correspondence. So yeah, it is going to be a bit of research. And a bit of, you know, trial and error. So, you know, also maybe testing or something. But, you know, once you really get it right for that prospect, and then you've got to do it all over again for a similar prospect or a different individual, because we do all, we're all very different with our own individual differences, you know, from a psychological perspective. But, you know, that's, it's about building those long lasting relationships with someone. And, and by doing all this personalized approach and recording this information, you know, or data somehow, CRM system or even on a spreadsheet, you know, it's going to really show the, the prospect that it's really important for you to them to build those business relationships. And this has been really interesting. I can't wait to, so it's a bit late here in, in Sydney, but tomorrow I'm going to start when my emails, my communication, starting trying to adapt to mirror the way that the messaging's been sent to me uh, and see how that works. So, Jamie, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. What if people want to get more of you and you, what we're talking about today? What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Are you open to people connecting with you on LinkedIn or, you know, is Twitter your thing? Tell us how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, great for anyone listening to this show. Really appreciate being on, on the Boss Podcast, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really would like to connect and build my network globally. So, LinkedIn is probably the best platform for me. Just search Jamie Martin, this BSD ones one. And yeah, send me a personalized um, message. You've listened to us on the podcast show today. And yeah, it'd be great to get to know you more. Great. So Jamie, I'll put your contact details in our show notes so people can access that directly from their phone or for their laptop or wherever they're, they're listening to the show. But mate, thank you very much for coming on and helping us understand how to sell to personalities more effectively. I really appreciate it. Thank you again, Mark. Tactical pipeline growth sent directly to you for free. You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies will be getting. The good news is it'll only take about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.